freight waves. Welcome to the great debate. Today's combatants are the CEO and founder of Freight Waves, Craig Fuller, and the director of Freight Market Intelligence, Zach Strickland. Welcome to the great debate. Great to have you here. Thank you for joining us for the great debate. We've got 15 minutes of action for you. I'm here to try to maintain some level of decorum, but it's freight waves. That's probably going to go out the window. Let me give you all the rules today. Today, I want a good, clean fight. I'm talking to two guys who are socially distanced, so I can't bring them together for their instructions. A good, clean fight between Zach and Craig, that hasn't happened since they were 15 years old back at the Macaulay School. No low blows. Well, that's probably not going to happen. I want them to fight fair. I really want them to fight fair. So the winner will be decided by you. In about four and a half minutes, Megaphone, for those of you watching on the web or if you're in Slack, you can see the link to it. You'll see Megaphone down here on the, on the screen. You'll be able to vote. And, and Megaphone will be going from five minutes into the debate until there's two minutes left. So for about eight minutes, you'll be able to vote and decide who the winner is going to be and who the loser, Zach, make sure everybody at Freight Waves is okay about this. So, and if you want to know what happens to the loser, just ask Noel Perry. The bet, how did this all start? Our volume's on the up and up. The bet was outbound tender volume index, OTVI, in sonar would be at 9,300 by May 15th. There's some false signals going on. I'm gonna do a virtual coin toss and see who gets to go first. Zach, the floor is yours. Thank you, George. So the bet was that we were gonna see 9,300 value on OTVI by May 15th, but it also has to remain above 9,300 mm. for the rest of the month. So we're still in a period of time, we're sitting at about 92, 9,200 right now. And this is, you know, we've seen volumes increase roughly about five to six percent over the last week or so. Craig got all excited, said, "You know what? I think that we're pulling out of this thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be better forever. We're all we're not going to look back." I, however, disagree quite a bit on this topic. That's interesting. Now, Craig, getting excited—that's kind of unusual for you, but. Uh... Tell me why you uh, think Zach is wrong for the 2,000th time. Well, Zach has been wrong twice on the call since COVID started. So he thought that volumes were going to be indefinitely sustained as we had that massive surge. He didn't realize that 80% of the economy was actually shutting down, which was fairly obvious. In fact, you can see that happen. This is where the peak. I called it around the peak. And then on April 15th, I said we're going to drop below 9,000, which we did. I also called the bottom. And I said, now we're going to start rebounding. Over the last two weeks, he's given me a hard time about my 9,300 call because he said it was wrong. But here's the beautiful part. We're sitting at 92.14, just 85 basis points away from that 9,300 mark. And the economy is restarting. The industrial economy is coming back. It's going to be a rally. Okay, we've got a little bit of filibustering going on, but <laughs> points well taken there, Craig. And I do have to say to our viewing audience, this is what we debate about at Freight Waves. This is real <laughs> life, okay? Zach, sounds like he's on the way to being right. Tell me why he's not. All right, so he thinks that he's going to be right. He may hit his 9,300 mark here in the next week, but the chances of it staying there, not that strong. And I'll tell you why. Tell me he, why. Thinks, he thinks the industrial economy is going to kick off. 70% of the United States economy is consumption driven. 
I don't care that you're producing you know, products moving back and forth right now. We're, we're, we're basic, all of those products eventually end up in the consumer's hands. So when 70% of the economy is being impacted by high unemployment rates, uh, they're not out there spending money like they were. Maybe they did a little bit here in the beginning stages, but I'm gonna pull up one chart here. It's gonna explain kind of what we're seeing right now in the customs data. So we track customs data here at FreightWaves. So the customs stuff is tracking the shipment volumes coming in from China in this chart that you're looking at right here. So these, these custom imports have been ordered about four to six weeks prior to what you see hit the ports right now. You can see clearly that this chart is showing a big spike in volumes. Things have started to recover, you think, except for the fact they haven't. They started to pull right back down because these orders were made six weeks ago before the shippers and everybody actually figured out, oh wait, the demand side of the economy is actually coming back down. Everything that happened in March, like Craig said, accurate, was consumption driven. And I did not think that it was gonna sustain at a 12% higher than average rate. That's completely inaccurate. But the, part, the point of the matter is, we're, we're still not yet through this wave of uh, increase. Well, one thing before Craig gets a retort. Voting is open, please help us out. Drive those numbers up. Craig, your retort. Yeah, so a couple of things that I, I want to uh, point out that Zach's uh, conclusions are, are, are not the whole story. First of all, the industrial part of the economy and most of the economy that is going to be shut down has been shut down. So that period of time for the last couple of weeks, we didn't see a lot of freight moving, was a reflection on the broader parts of the economy that are going to be shut down. Those things are coming back alive. We're starting to see volumes increase reflected of new economic freight activity. And as it relates to the customs data, you have to remember it takes four to six weeks for that freight to move off the coast of China into the United States. Exactly. There's a pretty significant lag. So this drop that he's talk, talking about, this drop right here, is actually when the economy was shut down. But let's look at what's actually taking place in the long haul market. The reason I wanna pull up the long haul market is because of the fact that the long haul market reflects a lot of the import activity. And here's what's interesting about the data. We're actually seeing an acceleration in long haul. So this chart, this blue, is the long haul market. We're seeing that resume. And we're seeing local activity actually slow down a bit. And what that means is we saw uh, the local activity surge a little bit more during the, uh, the COVID surge because those were all consumer products going into uh, uh, grocery stores, et cetera. What we're seeing now is as those imports accelerate, that volume is flowing through our economy. And that means that that freight will end up in DCs and will ultimately end up driving the rest of the volume through the market. I don't know, Zach. There looks like there's a time frame. Look at that chart <laughs> that he may have you here. Come on, man. Except, Come on. Except, Come on. Except he made my point. Oh, okay. <laughs> Long haul freight is replenishment orders, just like the customs data is. These are all replenishment orders coming into DCs, filling up warehouses where they will sit for a long period of time because all the demand has dried up for now. I know that Craig is really excited about the nail salons opening up here in the next <laughs> little bit. He's gonna be able to get a haircut uh, shortly, <laughs> you know, because he needs one of those pretty badly. But I don't think that that's gonna be enough. You're gonna, have a, you're gonna have these people sitting out there, they had their Amazon orders, they've been sitting at home, they've already done that, and then they said, oh wait, I don't have a job. <laughs> 
I can't buy the goods that I need to, to, to support my, like I have to still support my family. Food, beverage looks good because I still got to eat. But at the same time, you're talking about these replenishment orders coming in, going across the country. The ports, they can't sit on the ports. They got to go to the DCs, closer to the consumption centers so that they're ready. And again, all that mass pull forward we saw in March, only lasted for a little bit of time. They cleared out those warehouses. Those long haul volumes are simply coming in and filling those back up where demand has not yet arrived. So we're seeing a little bit of a ripple. All right, so Craig, from a guy that uses a Floby to cut his hair, it takes a lot for him to, to go after you that way. Tell, tell me why he's wrong. Why are they not just replenishment orders? Well, it's not just replenishment orders because Zach seems to forget or ignore the fact that $6 trillion has been pumped into the economy by the federal government. So it is true that there is a lot of unemployment. But it's also true that if you make less than $50,000 for the jobs that have been shut down, you are now being, you actually got a raise during this period of time. The federal government has stepped up and provided massive levels of unemployment dollars, which are going to help consumers sustain. And the thing that's always predictable about the American consumer is when they have money, they spend money. And the best part is they're not going to be going as often to nail salons or getting a haircut. They're not going to go to the movie, uh, movies. They're not going to concert or sporting events. They're going to have a lot of income and a lot of money available that they need to spend, and it's going to be on hard products. It's not going to be on experiences that they can't end up spending. All those hard products go on to trucks, Zach. Why is he wrong? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, people, people have been buying in the near term, which is great. It's, it, it's, it's starting to, you know, it's, it's, it's had a near-term effect. This long-term thing is yet to be seen, except for the fact, you know, as I've perused a few earnings calls recently, the one thing that really stands out to me is the number of trucks that people are pulling off of their balance sheets the number of capital expenditures that are being slashed throughout the rest of the year. This isn't today. These are the big goods, the capital expenditures, the capital goods in the economy. That's, that's the ones that are moving a lot, the mo gross majority of the freight in the United States. Those are getting slashed through the rest of the year. So I don't know. These consumers and their nail salons, they might, they might not be enough to pull that one back up. All right. <laughs> We've only got a couple more minutes to go. Let's essentially bring this down. Whoever wins gets the final argument. but. Let's do, let's do your final argument before the voting closes. Tell me, why is he wrong? Well, I, I think what Zach is not uh, adhering to or assessing is the fact that this is going to have a, a lot of impact on the capacity in the market. So not only is this a volume question, but it's a broader economic question for the carrier base. And I want to pull up the operating ratio right here. This data shows that the vast majority of trucking companies have actually lost money in 2020 and in 2019. Anything above 100 operating ratio means that they're losing money. They're not paying their debts. That is going to be significant capacity uh, uh, consolidation and it's going to be a big rally for the carriers because they're going to be able to get really nice rates in the latter half of this year. Now, we've, now we've seen a lot of that, Zach. We've seen a lot of carriers even before this happened on Freightways.com. The reports out there about how many carriers are closing. Tell me why that supply and demand is not going to change so much, and you're you're not going to see 9,300 be consistent. Craig, Craig's already made the point uh, about you know the stimulus package having a big impact uh, to to the consumers. Well, it's also going to have a big impact to the carriers. A lot of these carriers are going to be able to sustain through these you know, high operating ratios uh, for a longer period of time than we expect. So I think that we, what we're going to see is an extended period of time where supply is still higher than average. 
Uh, we're not going to see a bunch of CARES exit the market. Um, again, how that impacts with volumes and everything, that means that some of these businesses are going to just sit on cash. Uh, they're not going to go out and buy new equipment. They're not going to buy new goods. But they're, truck orders, truck orders are at a record low. They are. Drivers, uh, because of the unemployment, are not coming back. And the capacity constraint is drivers. That's really what drives the capacity constraint. You don't have new truck orders, and you don't have as many drivers entering the market. Therefore, you're going to have higher sustainable rates uh, coming into the second half of the year. I don't. I don't. I, I think that I think we're going to see a recovery in the rate side, but I don't think that it's going to be sustainable. I think we are going to see tremendous amounts of volatility. So you think rates are going to collapse in the second half of this year? I think that they're going to go up, but I think they're going to take a roller coaster. I think we're going to see waves. I don't think we're going to see this linear, you know, path. And he basically doesn't have an answer. He just basically <laughs> says waves, yeah. which means it's like you don't. You're not even making a point there, Zach. You're like, hey, no, it sorry. might go up. It might go down. What do you think? What do I think? So give me a date. So uh, by September 15th, are are we going to see volumes and rates higher than where they were pre-COVID? In September, year over year. Yes. I think by September 15th, we will see volumes higher. He just sure. made my point. I said 9,300 sustainable. I, I do not think we will see rates higher. Why do you not think rates will be higher? Because I think we will still be at a point of oversupply. There's not going to be an oversupply. That oversupply argument is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the, the, the economy, the freight economy, is, has slowed down. It's created a lot of economic issues for capacity. We've seen driver schools shut down. They haven't been bringing new drivers. Even DMVs are shut down, which yeah. means people aren't getting driver's license. That is the capacity constraint. It, it is the ability for us to have capacity that's dispatchable that drives the rates in the market. Okay, I got to call it. Sorry, we've mm -hmm. only got about a minute to go, so we're going to uh, tally up all the votes. As I described, that is exactly what you get if you are at uh, Freight Waves. And we have a winner. And the winner, and going to have the last word for at least today, Zach Strickland. Congratulations. Take the I, last I, word. I, Fake news. <laughs> Russia, it was the Russian interference, Zach. One, one for two. Zach, one the last two. word is yours. Well, no, no, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I want to, wait, oh, second. I can't have the last word. It's not, he still can lose because he's, the bet is not The bet is, oh, yeah. Well, now Go we ahead, Zach. Now, now we have a sustain. How do you believe that's going to last for a week? Now we have another <laughs> bet. Go ahead. 15 I'm, seconds. I am pulling for you. I really want this to happen. I would love to see everything go back to the way it was. I would love to see volumes increase significantly, but... The fact is, I cannot trust that data just yet. I've got to watch it every can't day. Can't trust the sure. data. Can't trust your Thank you, everybody. I can't, appreciate I can't it. Trust we'll do another one soon. The great debate was all yours.